He performed some of the greatest miracles and one in particular in living memory. He galvanized a small inner circle to do wonderful things, then a whole community, and then captured the admiration of the whole world. He made people believe that in a jaded and broken world, there was still room for a hope that transcended the materialistic values of this age. But then, as critics grew, he was cruelly set aside, abandoned at the altar of modern progress. I speak, of course, of Claudio Ranieri, former manager of Leicester City Football Club, whose sacking this week became the sad final chapter of one of this country's most romantic episodes. But we today, we're also in the business of looking at final chapters. Not in the conventional sense, because the reading that we just heard wasn't from the final chapter of Luke, it was from the 10th but in the sense that just before our reading began, the beginning of the end for Jesus and his time on earth was signaled. For in Luke chapter 951, it reads, As the time appointed for him to be taken up to heaven approached, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. So what we're looking at in this passage is the beginning of Jesus' final chapter. I mean, it's timely because we're going to begin our reflections on that final chapter on Wednesday here in church because it's Ash Wednesday. And we're going to have a service of Holy Communion to mark the beginning of the 40-day road in the church calendar that leads towards Easter. But as Jesus began that long road to Jerusalem, he began to wonder, it seems, well, if the end is in sight, what is it now that I need to set in motion? So what do I need to start that's going to effectively form part of my legacy? And also, how can my message, the telling of my story, be brought to, brought to life for the generations still to come? So Jesus is clearly wondering those things, and he tackles them in our passage in three ways. He commissions and empowers 72 of his followers and sets them a collective task, a mission. He counsels them on how they're to approach that task. He gives them a common approach. And he reinforces why this is so important, giving them a compelling reason why what they're about to undertake is so crucial. So you'll see, if you look at the sermon outline that you receive in the newsletter today, that my short talk falls into those three sections, the collective task, the common approach, and the compelling reason. And if you want to follow the passage, it's on page 1041 of our Bibles. And we're going to begin by looking at the collective task in the first 
couple of verses. And in those early verses, Jesus appoints 72 of his followers to go to every town and place that he, Jesus, was about to visit. So he appoints them. They are to be workers, you see, in his, in his mission field, gathering in his harvest, healing and proclaiming the kingdom of God is near. And there's a heck of a lot of ground to cover, hence the need for 72 of them. There was some understanding in the world at that time that, the, that that world comprised 72 nations. In other words, uh, that's represented by those 72 workers. But that's not critical to our story. So there's a heck of a lot of ground. And because there's a lot of ground, teamwork is going to be vital. So he sends them in pairs. Some things are best done in pairs or small groups. I was trying to persuade one or two members of this congregation this week to raise money for Christian solidarity worldwide by abseiling down Guildford Cathedral in um, May. There's one of them there. And that was a prime example of something that people would prefer to do in pairs or small groups, I guarantee you that. No one wanted to do that alone. So you'll hear more about that because we've got a small group who indeed will be bravely abseiling down Guildford Cathedral. Teamwork, that's the point, is essential. Jesus knows that and he sends them out in pairs. And of course, even today, even here in Claygate, there is a lot of ground to cover. So to bring things bang up to date, we heard reflected in Richard's notices and indeed in Jill's prayers this morning, the mission fields in which we as a simple local church operate. We heard about Mike Barton and family going to open up a new mission field in the lovely Ribble Valley in Lancashire. We heard about Philip opening up um, new ordinands, new vicars, etc., in the north of England through uh, running a theological college in Durham. We heard about a women's breakfast uh, for believers and non-believers where Catherine Winchcombe will represent her family and speak about their work in the mission field of Gordon, of Jordan. And we heard about a newcomer's welcome. That's on the newsletter as well. A new gathering of people new to this church and perhaps new to the faith as well. And we heard about a Soul Runners concert on the 4th of March, an evening that's about raising money for our mission in the Ukraine. And we heard about Beeson as well and a prayer meeting. And we heard that we're going to be praying for all of those things too on uh, a week on Monday. So can't you see, simply by looking through our little old newsletter here, I can spy at least eight different mission fields in which this church is operating. And that means many of you are already operating. And that's aside from those other mission fields that you have um, within your daily lives, aside from the neighborhoods or streets in which you live, the schools or the hospitals in which you might work, 
or study. The offices or the businesses or the houses that you visit in your job. The families of which you're a part. The day centre even that you might visit. The bus stops at which you wait and the school gates at which you also wait. These are our mission fields. We're all a part of that mission. And those are the places in which we can do work. And in those eight or, two, eight or ten mission fields, even on this newsletter, we heard so many times that the work that we're going to be doing there is collective work. There are going to be trips to support the Bartons and the Plimings in their new mission fields. Catherine Winchcombe will report back on behalf of her family sent by God. A home group will be doing a painting project for Beesom. And we are partners in prayer with the Ukraine, with Beesom, and all our mission partners. So within these fields, our work is collective. We're all part of it, and we all join together in it. So that's the first part. Jesus sets the 72 a collective task. And our task is collective too. Moving on. Jesus also gives the 72 four pieces of advice. He said it's all about teamwork, but he also gives them some tactics, a common approach. And there are four bits of specific instruction and advice that he gives them. First, you're going out like lambs among wolves, so be on your guard. Second, don't take a purse or bag or sandals Travel light, in other words. Third, don't greet anyone on the road. In other words, it's not to be antisocial, but don't get sidetracked from what you're trying to do or where you're heading. And fourth, as hospitality was a key feature of their time, feel free to stay where you're offered accommodation, to eat and drink whatever you're given. Feel free to receive and to enjoy. Now, whether our mission field is far from home, like the Ukraine or Uganda or Jordan, or close by, the homeless in Kingston or the non-believers of Claygate, that advice, I believe, is still sound. That common approach. You know, because there will be times that people want our efforts to fall on stony ground. So we need to be careful of that. There will be times when our own baggage weighs us down and when we need to sit lighter with our belongings and our lifestyle. Otherwise, we can't make the moves that we need to make. It's no good if our diary is so crammed that we've got no time for the people that God loves. It's no good if we have a taste for luxury that prevents us from enjoying the simple hospitality of others. And that third bit of advice, it's easy to get distracted, perhaps especially now. And so we need to remember what it is that we're trying to do. That our social, um, rather than, it's easy to get distracted into social activities rather than thinking perhaps of the spiritual dimension. And our mission too is not a holiday. 
So we're to be content with what we're given. It's always heartwarming to hear the folks returning from the Ukraine telling stories of simple accommodation and those who have given much who have so little. Let's receive that with open arms and open hearts. So, a collective task, a common approach. And finally, Jesus gives them a compelling reason, these 72, to do what it is that they're doing. In fact, he gives them two reasons. He firstly tells them that the task is urgent, and then he tells them that it's a joyful task, and they experience that for themselves. It's urgent. Well, the key in that is verse number 16, where Jesus effectively says, your message is my message. And conversely, any rejection that you experience of you is a rejection of me and my Father. You see, the 72 haven't been sent out to be the warm-up act for a, for a great entertainer or a speaker with some fascinating views on healing. No. He makes it clear that their mission is soul-critical. Salvation and judgment rest on how people respond to Jesus and his message in that moment. Because Jesus is just round the corner, literally just round the corner. So their work is urgent, but it's also joyful. Verse 17 sees the 72 coming back from their mission full of joy, and they say that, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus himself is reported of being full of joy in verse 21. You know, that's the only time in the New Testament that Jesus is reported as being full of joy. Nothing gives him greater joy than the 72's humble acceptance of their task, their common approach, and the harvest that's followed. Like Jill mentioned in her prayers, I've also had a virtual conversation this week in social media with a member of our Ukraine uh, winter mission team on Friday, and she, Jenny, told me, I paraphrase only a little, she said about that Ukraine mission, our mission here is an absolute joy because we become part of one family, the body of Christ, with our partners here. We become an extension of each other. And she also added, I grow in connection too with other Holy Trinity members. And together we grow a special bond. Please ask everyone at home to pray for us and be part of it too. So as they return, we can pray for their safe return and for the seeds that they've sown to be fruitful. So not only are we, as believers, as followers of Jesus, part of a mission field in all sorts of ways, but we're all effectively, when we follow Jesus, collectively given a task to share his message of love, a message that's urgent, 
soul critical, but also a joy to share, bringing us into new connection with others and with him. I'm just going to finish by opening up uh, a couple of questions for all of us. In fact, I've printed on the back of the sermon outline some questions that we may want to consider during the week or when we get home that I think uh, you might find helpful. Let me just mention a couple of them just to stimulate your thoughts in this area. The first one that I think we all might benefit from considering is what's your mission field? What is your mission field? It may be as simple as the family table or as complex as the business in which you work or an overseas project that you might wish to initiate or become part of it. But I think each of us should be able to say what mission field it is we live in and in which we represent Jesus as a follower of his. So what's our mission field? Think about that, the places that we go and the people that we meet there. And the second thing that I'll just pick out from that list is what are others doing? You may be uh, already engaged, but what are others doing with which you could join in? We've seen this morning that the mission fields, even in this church, are many, and the workers are few, so teamwork is crucial. So where can we join up with others, experience new joy, and make connections? We've seen there are at least eight openings on today's new sheet. We're paying special attention this year to Holy Trinity as a community. I believe that mission is the harnessing of the teamwork within that community for the sake of the gospel. So let's pray.